Hey everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily. Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020. Uh, We are doing this podcast because even though there's social distancing, that does not mean we need to be in spiritual isolation. Um, We, as a church, are a community following Jesus, and our desire is to do that even if that means digitally. So I'm so glad you're listening. Um, Today, I just want to draw your attention to Psalm 10. Psalm 10, where David asks just a why question. Why, oh Lord? And I want to talk about that. Uh, Before I do that, a few things just I want to share. Maybe you read this, that um, the White House has shared that they've asked us to continue to uh, just distance ourselves until April 30th. And possibly, you know, it will look like that even longer. And so that means we'll probably be doing online church for a while, live streaming church for a while. So I cannot encourage enough everyone to just be a part of a digital group through Zoom. You can sign up on our website under House to House. We would still love to stay connected. My group's meeting tonight. Um, But yeah, that just means we might need to be even more intentional and reach out to people and see how, how people are doing and um, see if we can meet needs right now. So I would just love to stay connected that way. Hey, listen, Psalm 10, Psalm 10. Uh, I just want to not read all of this, but read a couple of verses and kind of share the main theme that David is talking about. Here's how the verse, uh, here's how the Psalm starts. Psalm 10 verse one, he says, why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. Uh, like many psalms, this psalm begins with David or the author just venting, kind of complaining, sharing their frustration. Um, I actually you know, appreciate this about the psalms, is that... He doesn't really sugarcoat things that I think it's okay for us to um, just really talk to the Lord about. This is what's going on in my heart. This is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. You know, we vent to other people a lot, but why not the Lord? Why not ask questions? Um, This is a Psalm where he asks the why question. Why, O Lord? It begins with the why. Why, O Lord? I think right now a lot of us have why questions like why? Why is this happening? Why Why do we see this growing? Why do we see uh, people maybe being hurt? Where's the, Why is the Lord not intervening like we would hope he would? He, here's what I want to say. I want to get back to this why question. Um, I, I do want to get back to the why question. And really, you kind of hear the author just walk out a few thoughts. Here's what I do want to say. Even though it starts with venting and frustration, um, the author doesn't stay there. And when you read the Psalms where they start off with a lot of venting and frustration, so often the author, he does not stay there. There's usually a progression of he's venting. He's venting quite a bit, actually, for many verses about the wicked and the way they think, the way they talk, uh, what's going on in their mind and heart. But you eventually see this like ending where he has this amazing trust in the Lord. And there's something about prayer that just does that. So I want to say this. It's okay to vent I would say, but do it to the Lord. We're told to do all things without complaining and disputing so that we may become blameless and harmless children of God. Um, we're really good at, at venting to each other, which we, we should not be. But I would say in prayer, just say, Lord, why? Ask those questions. Why, God? Why, oh Lord? Walk it out. Um, again, he doesn't dis- dismiss it. 
He doesn't ignore it. And, and I don't want to dismiss how you might be feeling right now or ignore it. I don't want others to do that. But I want it, I want us to take this to the Lord in, in prayer. Now, a few things I want to point out in this psalm. Um, you're going to notice there's a lot of self-talk, but he's talking from the perspective of the wicked person's heart. Now, I find this really interesting. Um, I've shared this before at church, how this idea of self-talk has been on my mind a lot. You know, what, what, what do you tell yourself when you're alone? What kind of self-talk do you have? Do I have? Um, we're going to read different Psalms later in the future where you hear like the self-talk of the righteous, what a righteous person tells themselves and is thinking about. Um, but listen to the self-talk that is happening with this wicked person. In verse four, towards the end, he says, all his thoughts are, there is no God. All his thoughts right now is there is no God. That's the first like self-talk. He's looking at circumstances in his life and he's saying, the only conclusion I can come to is there's no God. Verse six, his, here's the next self-talk. He says in his heart, verse six, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. Um, the self-talk is he's boasting in himself. I shall not be moved, not in the Lord. He's he's basically saying, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna meet adversity. Like he, he's he's blind. He's blind to the reality uh, of suffering he'll face. He's he's really lying to himself is what hap- is what's happening. In verse 11, listen to the self-talk. It says, he says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. The next self-talk is he's, he's saying God's forgotten. He's, he must have hidden his face from us. He will never see it. So he goes from there's no God to God has forgotten. I, and I feel like that's what a lot of times atheists or people will do is there is no God, but then they want to blame him. There is no God. Absolutely. There's no God. And then they blame him later for what's happening. This guy did the same thing. There's no God. And then he's like, well, God has forgotten. There is a God, but he's just forgotten. He's hidden his face. Um, That's self-talk of a wicked person. Verse 13, the end, he says another self-talk. He says in his heart, you will not call to account. You will not call to account. Basically, I'm going to get away with all my mistakes. I'm going to get away with my sin. I'm going to get away with all this junk. It's just really interesting to, to hear the self-talk of the wicked. I, again, I, I can't wait till we go through the self-talk of a righteous person, but you kind of just hear all this self-talk that's, that's going on. So David is basically saying, he's like, I don't get it. Listen to what this wicked person says in his heart. Listen to all that he's getting away with. And, and he's almost like going, God, I don't, why? Why? Why does he seem to prosper? Why does this seem to be happening? Why does, I don't, I don't get this, but here's, there's this change that takes place. He, he doesn't seem to understand, you know, in verse 13, he says, why does the wicked renounce God? He asks another why question. Why? Why does the wicked renounce God? And so he doesn't seem to understand, but he submits to what he knows. So here's what David does. He's saying, I don't get it, but I need to remind myself of what I do know. And so look what he knows. In verse 14, halfway through, he says, this is what I know. Um... Well, I'll start in verse 14, the beginning. He says, but you do see, you do see for you, you note mischief and vexation that you may take it into your hands to help the helpless. uh, You commit yourself to him. You have been the helper of the fatherless. You have been, listen to that phrase. So he goes, I don't get it. The wicked renounce God. And he goes, but you have been the helper of the fatherless. He actually, in the psalm, kind of progresses, and, and he says, God, in verse 12, you've not forgot the afflicted. 
You've not forgot them. In verse 17, he says, you hear the desire of the afflicted. He says in verse 17, you will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear. Verse 18, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. So he goes, I don't get it, God. Like why, why, why is this happening? Why do the wicked prosper? Why do the wicked constantly renounce you? But here's what I know. You've been a father to the fatherless. You've been good. You've been the helper to the fatherless. You strengthen those who are afflicted. You strengthen those who are oppressed. You do justice for them. And he's just reminding himself of what he knows. And this is, I think, so helpful. In prayer, when we start off just going, God, why? I don't get it. And you can like vent and you can go, God, why does it seem? And, you're, and he's talking through this with the Lord. He's like, but well, here's what I know, God. You've been faithful. You've actually helped the oppressed. And, and here's something the author doesn't necessarily say, but here's what we can look back now and see. Um, looking back, we say, how did God help the oppressed? Why is it the oppressed seem to prosper? There seems to be that the oppressed is reigning. And here's what he's really getting at now. Um, Jesus helps the oppressed. God helps the oppressed. How? By becoming oppressed. You see, God can help the afflicted because God was afflicted. God can help those who were hurt because God became hurt. You see, the fact that God can sympathize with us, the fact that God isn't just in heaven going, oh, that looks so painful. I'm so sorry. But God's like, yeah, I get it. You're afflicted. You're oppressed. I, who created everything, I also became oppressed. I also didn't, I didn't come um, to Lord. I came to be oppressed so I might set captives free. So here's where I find encouragement. What the author does and what we can see just looking back now is that Jesus was oppressed. Jesus was afflicted. Jesus took the hurt and the pain so we wouldn't have to. Yes, we will still experience that. You could say, you know, practically on a daily basis in some way, but ultimately in this final sense, Jesus goes, one, I get it, but two, I've, re- I've taken that on so you wouldn't have to. I've taken on the oppression so I could set you free. That whom the sun sets free is, is free indeed. Again, the way the psalm ends is just with this great hope. He says that the man of the earth, this man, may strike terror no more. So we know, he's like, we know God ends. God, you rule, you reign. We know how this ends. Listen, um, the, the point is we might not always have answers for the why questions. I don't think it would really even help. I, I think it's like me trying to explain to my four-year-old when he asked, well, why, Dad? If I try to explain it to me, he doesn't get it. I think we can ask God, but why? I, I think if God were to explain it to us, just we wouldn't get it. I think there's a side of it. It's like, just trust me. Lean into me right now. Lean into me now more than ever. You know, I read this quote this morning. Um, Spurgeon said, I have learned to kiss the waves that throw me against the rock of ages. I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. I love that. When you have the, a picture of a wave thrown into rock, it sounds painful. And he goes, man, I'm thankful for that wave. I'm thankful for the wave that throws me into the rock of ages. I, I kiss that wave because I realize what it throws me to. We are in a moment where we're angry at the wave when we should kiss the wave that throws us ultimately into the rock of ages. Saying, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this moment because it allows me to look to you in a whole new light. It allows me to see you in a whole new way. Again, the author begins with a question, but he ends with a solution. He spends time in prayer. He, he pours out his heart and his complaints to the Lord, and he goes, but Lord, you have been that helper. But Lord, I f- I f- it's you. I found you. 
And again, I think one of the most beautiful benefits of prayer is that in the midst of just talking it over with the Lord, we receive those answers. We receive really that peace. We receive that trust when we just fall on our knees and seek his face. And so we look forward to the day when things are right on the earth. We do. But in the meantime, our prayer is that the Lord would rule and reign in our hearts. Listen, that's it for today. Um, My encouragement to you guys, the practice to you guys is just to spend some time in prayer, talking it over with the Lord, and then remind yourself of who he is and what he's done. Uh, That's it. Listen, we love you so much. I miss you guys. I miss seeing everyone in person. Um, That's hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for you guys, but I hope you're encouraged. Listen, if you would just uh, share this with others, if you would subscribe, if you would rate this on iTunes, just so the word can get out about our faithful God. Remember, you can stay up to date at theexchangechurch.cc. And um, listen, we're going to have a prayer meeting again on Wednesday at 12.15 live on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you to be part of that. That's it. We love you guys. God bless you.